everybody, welcome to Drive Through View 523. Today we're gonna to take a look at Evolution Climate. Now this is the second expansion for the Evolution card game uh, from North Star Games. Uh, this is has some slight tweaks to the rules, so I'll go ahead and do just kind of a general normal walkthrough like I, I normally do. Um, you can also go watch my reviews for the base game, the original Russian game, and uh, also the flight expansion. Now this is not necessarily compatible with the old edition and flight combined. Um, there is some rules on Board Game Geek, but little to uh, mention here, I do have everything in this box. I've got the original base game, flight stuff, the new climate stuff, all fit into this box. This box is a little bit bigger than the old box, so that's nice. Uh, I'll kind of talk a little bit about more about that in the review part, but let's jump in and look at the new changes, some tweaks to the basic rules, and of course the new climate stuff. Okay, here's everything that you get in the game. I should have mentioned at the beginning, this is a standalone expansion. I wasn't sure if I was clear about that, but you can buy this by itself and just play with this. Uh, you do get a new start player marker, which is awesome brontosaurus. And you also get these new-ish uh, creature tiles here. And so in the old one, these are all just brown, but you can see the population here is green and the body size is still brown there. And you have different colored cubes, and you just use the green ones to mark population and the browns to mark body size. You get a whole bunch of new food tokens, a bunch of new bags. These aren't all the bags. Some of these bags are actually from <laughs> the other games too. I just threw them all in a pile. You get some cool new player aids, and these gives you some of the new cards and things and effects that have to do with the climate, and you can obviously see here the climate board. So zooming in here and taking a look at it, you can see we've got the climate tracker here. We can move this token up and down. This is going to tell us what the current climate is. The first thing you're gonna do each game is flip a card off each of these decks. So you've got here, this is kind of like your warm deck, and you're gonna take a look here, and you can see this says it's a hot climate, so we'll stick this card underneath uh, this section over here, and then we'll flip a card off the cold deck, and you can see this one says, maybe if it focuses, freezing, and we'll put that down here, towards the bottom here, and you'll put that there. So what that means is when this tracker moves, and I'll explain how it moves, and it hits this card, then this effect, whatever it may be, will happen, and then we'll flip up a new card uh, to replace it. It is worth mentioning, if you do flip up a new card in the exact same spot where the one you just triggered was, that one won't trigger uh, until the next round. You've got also, again, a relatively new stack of cards. There are some similar cards that you are familiar with, Carnivore and et cetera. And there's also some cards of slight differences here. And you'll notice a couple other things here. So we have, in addition, there we go, these little icons here. And the, these two little snowflakes will add to the climate being colder. And if we find a sun here, that will add to the climate being hotter. So if you're familiar with the game, you'll know that at the beginning of each round, each player will take and put a card face down onto the food bank. Or excuse me, not the food bank, the watering hole, and that's what this board acts as. And then what you're gonna do is reveal those, and this is going to add or subtract, possibly, a certain number of the food tokens from the food bank into this watering hole. And you're also going to adjust the climate based on sort of which temperature won. So if there's more cold than hot, then the marker will move down a space. If there's more hot than cold, then the marker will move up a space. If they're tied, then it just stays the same. Now one of the differences is players will start with four cards 
plus one for their starting species board here. So in the base game, it was three plus one. And each round, you're gonna get four cards plus one for each of these. Now the reason is, is you can actually have four of these traits in front of your species. In the base game, you can only have three. So once again, after dealing cards, all the players will put a card face down in here. And then we'll go into the play cards phase, and this is exactly like the basic game. You can either put a trait face down next to your creatures, and you can't ever have the same trait. You can't have, for example, two nocturnals on a creature. You can, again, have up to four. You can discard cards to either get a new species tile here or increase the population or body size. So every card you discard will increase that. So everybody will take all their actions in that way and then go around the table. You can take them simultaneously, especially as you get to learn the game. When everybody's done, then you'll reveal the traits next to each of the different creatures here. I'll just lay a few out like so. So it does require some table space, of course, more than you would expect, especially as you get more and more cards and uh, creatures out onto the table. And then you're gonna reveal the cards here in the center. And in this particular example, you can see cold one out by quite a bit. There's a lot more snowflakes uh, than that measly uh, one sun there. So it's going to drop down and be one step cooler. Now again, if it triggered a climate event by moving into that spot, we would resolve that. And then we would resolve the effects of the space where the token might be. Now you can see this space here will actually reduce food and then it gets a little bit worse as it gets colder. And as you move up, it's actually going to add more food until it lets you get too warm and then you get become scorched and then you'll actually lose 20 uh, food. Now it is worth noting that this is the four to six player uh, side of the board. If you flip it over, it's got the two and three player uh, side of the board. So the effects aren't quite as drastic on that side because there's less players contributing to food. Now the more important part of this, sort of, is if let's say it's down here in this freezing area, and you can see this shows a picture of an elephant with one through four and two snowflakes. And what that means, any species that has a body size one to four is going to drop down two population. If you get all the way down to the ice age, and this means any species, because you can't have a species more than six. So any species one to six in body size is going to lose four population. <laughs> Not to mention you're gonna lose 30 food from the middle of the board. Now that 30 food thing is not always going to come into play because after you do the climate step, then you resolve the cards for their food value and then you'll add that back into or possibly remove from the watering hole. So after you've resolved the climate and the food, then the players can start feeding. So going around in turn order, everybody can start taking a food and adding them to their species boards one at a time and triggering different effects so for example, we have this one here. This is an oldie but a goodie. When this species takes food, your species to the right takes one food from the same source. So if I chose to take food from this guy, then it would trigger this guy also here to get food and so on. And then there's carnivores, which they can't take food from the watering hole, but they can eat other creatures as long as they have a larger body size than them. Uh, and you, you can, of course, always eat your own creatures too. And sometimes you might need to do that. And sometimes you might want to do that. So you're going to go around and then for any food that you couldn't feed. So let's say, look at this example down here. In this example, this creature only got to food, let's say, so we would have to drop the population down to meet that threshold. Now the game will end after you have run through uh, the deck of cards, kind of depending on the number of players. You take out a certain number of cards uh, from the main deck based on the number of players. Uh, but basically you play through the deck one time and then that will trigger sort of the last round. You'll play again uh, one more round. 
and then you'll total up all the traits on your creatures. You'll add up the total population and get a point for each of those. And again, you actually store the food that you gather in your bag. So everybody has kind of a hidden number of points there. Each of those food tokens will be worth a point. But let's take a quick look at some of the traits because this is more of the more important part of the game. And I'll kind of work into more of the climate-specific ones. So here you've got the hard shell, plus four body size when determining if the species can be attacked. So it's very good for preventing predators or carnivores from eating them. Then we have here uh, mud wallowing. Now this is a very interesting one. See, so it says prevent one population loss due to heat. So if you had some creatures with this trait, you might try to force uh, the climate to be to be heat because you want, you're able to adapt to that. And a carnivore must discard a card to attack. Uh, this species so they've got to hunt for them a little bit there and then here we have kind of the opposite of those heavy fur now this is interesting prevent four population loss due to cold well this sucker here can survive in the ice age but <laughs> increased population loss due to heat by one so he doesn't like it when it's very warm that species is going to not be around very long and now this one I want to visit here is uh, the long neck, and this kind of goes with the next one here. So the long neck is from you know the base game; it's been around forever. Uh, but due to some of the climate events and kind of the climate in general, this guy here being able to pull directly from the food bank it can keep him alive. So he's able to grab one from the food bank before we reveal cards and then start the normal feeding phase. So that's very very important. Now here's the migratory one, and I'll kind of pull this one up a little bit closer because it's smaller text. It says prevent one population loss due to heat or cold. After the last species has fed for the round, take two plant food again from the food bank if the watering hole has no food. So again, this is migratory. It's a nice little illustration here of this, this herd or this pack moving from one, uh, you know, sort of type of terrain to another. And so this one can also be very important because not only are you going to, you know, have food and climate be very volatile sometimes, you do have some effects here in these climate cards. Here we have this. These are the cold examples and the heat examples have uh, similar ones. So this one is a volcanic eruption. After the feeding phase is over, move the climate marker to freezing and sometimes they'll jump around a little bit more. Uh, then this one here is a meteorite causing the ice age and there's another meteorite in the heart uh, the warm deck it says don't add food to the watering hole this round and for the rest of the game and there's some other ones that are similar to that not as extreme as that but think about that for a minute so you never add food to the watering hole ever and you're like okay <laughs> so if that happens then how is anybody going to eat and so if the plant eaters can't eat then the carnivores aren't going to have anybody to eat for very long because all the car uh, the plant eaters are going to die off really quickly uh, so some of these things that allow you to kind of break the rules and set up for you've really got to be you know be aware of that and, and to kind of know that going into the game i think because it can kind of catch people off su uh, by surprise if they don't realize that that's a past possibility and if it comes up and you know maybe the marker's really close to it, you, you don't really have enough time to react. So you've got to know that before you start playing the game, I think. Now you could also, there's actually a variant where you don't play with these cards. And I would say probably if you've never played Evolution before and you got this one, I would do that. Because that's, the cards, I wouldn't still call them advanced mode. It just, you know, it's just, it makes it a little more volatile. Okay, so that was Evolution Climate. So I kind of spoiled a little bit of the review there at the end of the walkthrough, but let me kind of revisit that a little bit because I'll definitely go into more detail about it. Um, I would say if you were just getting this for the first time, uh, this is a fine one to get. I would get this. I'll talk more about flight in a second, but this is good. It's a base set. 
you can play right out of the box. I would avoid the climate event cards, your first play or however many plays you feel comfortable. Um, because, you know, having the traits um, behave in different ways and different combinations in different games will be more aggressive than previous games based on how many carnivores come out and what kind of protections come out. If you don't get a lot of defense, you know, and there's a bunch of carnivores, you might be struggling with the game. And so you've got to kind of understand the pacing and be comfortable with the pacing of this game because it's very different than a lot of these other multi-use card games because of the direct player interaction is really the big part of that um, and so having those sort of atomic bombs go off uh, i think could be frustrating unless you're familiar with the game and then you kind of know going in that those are going to be there so you make some sort of preparatory types of steps to sort of mitigate that as much as you can um, I really like this game, and it's funny, I kind of think it's equal to Flight, because you can't really mix them. I read on the thread on BoardGameGeek where it was about mixing them, but it seems to me like that might dilute the experience. I haven't tried it, um, but they give you some rules for certain numbers of cards and stuff to take out. But this is sort of like a, almost like a mirror of Flight in a way, but it's more of an indirect interaction with the other players, whereas flight sort of enhances the direct interaction um, because just because flight being that sort of new power that you know you can help yourself escape or, or be a, a more uh, efficient attacker or carnivore with it. So this doesn't have add to that direct interaction, but it still adds to the screwage of it because you're really manipulating uh, the climate. But I like it because it adds another layer to the multi-use dimension of the card. So you're thinking, okay, I've got this trait. It's really good. That'd be nice. I might use it to discard and increase my population and my size because that's very important because Billy over there is, you know, building a carnivore and I need a big one so that he can't eat it because he won't be big enough. Okay, and then, okay, there's an amount of food on this card. Oh, and then there's how the card's going to affect the climate. And where's the climate at now? So it adds just another little layer in terms of what do I do with this card. And I like that. Uh, so I think it kind of adds a little bit more on that aspect of it, but it's not quite as interactive and, you know, attacky as it is in flight. Uh, so I could see how mixing them would cause a, a swinginess, first of all, because you'd have somebody got a bunch of flight stuff and you know maybe they didn't draw many cards with the uh, climate icons on them and i drew all those cards so i would be dictating the climate and stuff like that so the distribution of cards won't wouldn't really necessarily even itself out but again you can go look on board game geek um so i think that kind of explains it to me uh is you could get flight you could get climate it doesn't really matter if you don't really like the interaction as much i mean you're, you're not going to get away from it completely but it's a little bit less here but it's a little bit more passive-aggressive <laughs> interaction and it's kind of interesting because uh, the game thematically has always been about sort of growing your own ecosystem and, and building creatures that are able to live together and there's cooperation and symbiosis and those kinds of cards that interact directly with each other and you know you maybe eat your own animals and so it's it's really cool it's kind of like you're organically building this group of of species that can coexist together you know next to these uh, in environments that these other players are in but now you have some kind of agency and direct control, so to speak, uh, of the climate. And I thought about this a little bit, and I was like, okay, that's not really that thematic, because how could a little insect or reptile or whatever be controlling 
you know, physics on this crazy universal level of climates on a planet in the middle of a solar system. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of nutty. But if you think about it, it's abstracted enough, I think, that at the end of the day, I really like, okay, I kind of get it now because, okay, I've got this card and I'm just kind of, I'm kind of feeding in to this extra dimensional sense of what kind of climate I as a creature or my species and, and my ecosystem as a group would like to live in. And so we, we give our input, but ne- not necessarily that the whatever's listening is going to give us feedback that we appreciate. So I think it's kind of interesting that way. And so if you wanted to read about theoretical spiritual physics, that, you know, if you read those kind of books, that might kind of be interesting. But uh, yeah, so you could kind of make a really tenuous abstract link between, you know, how is the dinosaur with the horns that likes to eat rabbits, you know, how do they influence the climate? It doesn't make sense. But I think it, I think it works. And in terms of a game, it really does actually kind of work when you sit down to it. Um, because at the end of the day, you are kind of trying to exist in some kind of space that will make you survive. But that may not actually work. So I think that overall theme that's way more abstract, uh, would, uh, it's, it still actually works. So it's a fun game. It's a very different game. If you've not played Evolution, I would definitely give it a try. I would certainly think this is a good one to give it a shot with. You could just, you know, play with just the normal climate board and not the events and all that stuff. So it's a really, really fun game and it is very interesting and you kind of feel scientific, um, figuring out how to interact and get all these traits to interact with each other. So it's a good little kind of exercise that way. Okay. Thanks.